0: Everyone and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Oh my God, the consistency. Getting back to weekly podcast. Although <laughs> I didn't release last week's episode until uh to yesterday. To yesterday. Oh. Uh which was too Or maybe it was today. I don't remember. What's today? Did you it's take Wednesday. a holiday?
1: Did you take yeah. a holiday?
0: <laughs> Well, you know the thing is is uh, yeah, so last week, um you know, I was in texas went flew flew in Texas on Friday, came back sunday, uh forgot to edit the episode before I left, realized, and then just couldn't get to it until a little later. So I was like, God, I hope his his audio came into the dropbox <laughs> <it> like normal, <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been too great. Wouldn't have been too great, but yeah, no, it was there. It was there. Um, so yeah, we're we're back again. Book of Boba Fett, chapter four, the, and this one has a title: The Gathering Storm. Did the other ones have titles and we didn't know about it? They did. They, they just aren't on Disney Plus like that.
1: I guess we just never really noticed it or decided no, we to did. talk we about it.
0: We didn't. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't check IMDb. The detail,
1: the detail guys, man. The detail guys. We're messing up. We are messing up.
0: I'll tell you what though, we've got to get with the program because like the first two episodes and I'm, I don't know, I guess I do for some reason, hang on the IMDB ratings for whatever reason, but like episode one was a 7.5, episode two, 8.4, episode three that we rated higher, 6.5. So we'll get to this one when we talk about our ratings later, but like we got it. We got to fall in line, man. We got to fall in line with the people, right?
1: Well, I can go ahead and spoil some things right now and tell you I'm never going to think that episode two was better than this episode. (laughs) So, no, I choose not to agree with that.
0: It was just funny because like last week's episode, I think we gave, you know, reasonably higher scores to. And that was was the the favorite,
1: I believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode. And by God, nobody liked those people. Nobody liked them. They just that was memed on. I think I sent you a meme about that, didn't I? Was that the one I memed on? No, I didn't get that one. Yeah, what did I say? Oh, no, no, no. I, I sent you the stapler meme. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, the, the, the guy who played uh, Milton in Office Space meme. is like, <laughs> he says, <laughs> what, what did it say? Uh, he says they stole your stapler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Ranger uh, Android mod, mod Guys, Mod Bros.
1: I mean, we do actually get to see them again, so they're not just one-off characters, but they weren't well-received, and I don't get it.
0: Well, I think it was just colorful Vespas that they were writing, you know, because that's essentially what they were. They were just, like, colorful Vespas with, like, a ton of um, of, uh, uh, mirrors.
1: Yeah, and I will say, you know, we already talked about this, so I won't rehash it too much, but it was a bit too colorful for the setting. I mean course
0: on it kind of would have made a little more sense i think well i mean yeah I, th- the only thing i'd say to that and we can move on but th- the only thing i'd say to that is you know if you're young kids think about like luke do you think luke wouldn't have wanted to trick out his speeder you know at some point with like <laughs> some flashy american graffiti paint well, uh, he i'm he just spending all his money on power converters man. <laughs> he didn't have time for paint jobs he felt the need the need for speed <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I don't just know. It's
1: based on the old movies, but it was always such a I guess a drab would be the right word to describe mm-hmm. the landscape and yeah, even yeah. for the young kids, they were pretty basic, but uh, yeah, no, I, I mean I I, do, I, do, could, I, I could see how I mean they're they're gang members and their kids. <laughs> yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> They're gang members, right? Gang members.
0: I could just see, like, you know, you're living in a very drab, sandy environment. I mean, I could see someone wanting to splash some metallic color on it, you know? Get a little little steampunk for when Keanu Reeves, you know, comes up and (laughs) say, Whoa, those are really cool bikes. I really like them. You want to go play cyberpunk?
1: No. Nobody
0: wants to play that.
1: I'll tell you what. If you want to talk about cyberpunk, I mean, they went a little... More hardcore with this episode. Well, yeah, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll get to it. But
1: anyway, so, uh, yeah, how was your week, man? Uh, pretty good. You know, not a whole lot to talk about. We uh, had an extended weekend. We enjoyed sleeping in and catching up on rest and whatnot. But eh, just, you know, back to the grind. Just working. Not a whole lot going on so far. It's weird because we're doing this so early in the week, nothing ever happens before we record. <laughs> And we yeah. usually forget what we did over the weekend. Obviously you won't this weekend, but
0: <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I went down to Texas, um, which was, you know, a lot of fun met up with my buddy chase who has that. These are the voyages, you know, star Trek podcast, uh, had a little party, did some Texas things. I have a couple of belt buckles, couldn't find a hat, but you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, there was one portion. Uh, it's called the the stockyards. I, I don't remember what Chase said. If it was it's if it was eighteen eighty three or Yellowstone, one of the two shows. I thought he said like they filmed some stuff there. I guess. Uh huh. And and it's like this little kind of western sort of villagey thing with a bunch of shops and they do a a little tiny cattle drive like twice a day. Like they move a bunch of longhorn cattle down the the street. Um, and there was like a little gunfight, you know, like a little gunfight story thing in the middle of the street, which was cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun being down there. Now coming back was a bit sketchy. Um, you know, Columbus, obviously, you know, Ohio had snow and they shut down the airport. And so I, I had a, it wound up being a minor delay, but it was a delay. It was a couple hour delay. So, you know, DFW is, um, it's not a bad airport. Uh, but I wound up sitting down at this, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but this little restaurant that they, they had several restaurants. They had like several restaurants I could have chosen. Uh, but this one was like seafood and I was like, who? What's better than airport seafood? So <laughs> so I sat down in there it was pretty nice. you know I had this interesting milk stout which was uh, which was really good and I had a, a salmon burger which wound up being pretty good and good fries and you know so I had a had a decent meal like a $40 airport meal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at least you got delayed there. The Columbus stuff isn't usually as good. I mean they don't have a lot to choose from.
0: Yeah. So yeah, John Glenn International needs to step their game up a bit. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not, it's fine. It's okay. It it wasn't anything special, but yeah. So that was, that was okay. That was an okay thing. But I will say this. I'm not a very nice, I'm not, you know, flying is not my thing. Um, takeoff is not my thing. Landing, (laughs) landing is fine. However, landing in Columbus was a little sketchy. So they only had one uh runway cleared apparently Mm -hmm. and uh when we got in we circled the airport a few times and we're all like oh god they're gonna like divert because like apparently one of the flights that did get out before we were delayed got diverted to like indianapolis so they didn't make it home that day at all wow And, uh, so we, we did get in and it was fine, but we're, we're up there circling. So everybody's like getting nervous. It's like, Oh my God, what are we doing? Uh, but yeah, touchdown. I was still in the airport for God, almost another hour waiting for my bag. And I felt like a total doofus because like my check bag was not very big, but I had my backpack, I had my check bag. I probably could have brought my check bag on the damn plane. I mean, like everybody else had bags of the same size, but I was trying to be, you know, okay about it. Um, but it took it, a, it took it a minute to, to get the bags out. And then the drive home was terrible. Um, uh, nothing was cleared. It, you know, a 45 minute drive probably was an hour, hour and 45 hour, 30 hour, 45, something like that. Um, nobody was really on the road, but I did kick it in a four wheel. I took the truck. So I, I did kick it in a four wheel at one point when the semi started buzzing past is look, I respect our semi drivers because they are doing a difficult job. It's not. It's not easy. Uh, oh, it's just driving. No, nah, dude, talk to semi people. You, you'll understand. Truck drivers are a different breed. I wouldn't but, want that job. No, I, mean, I wouldn't I, want that job. Again, at I all. respect
1: them too. But no, that would be terrible.
0: But the thing is, is like, dude, you are more apt to jackknife than I am. Please, yeah. like, drive a little bit more responsibly because a few people that were out there weren't. Uh, there were a lot of cars spinning out, you know, trying to like go faster. It's like, don't just like be safe.
1: Take the time; it's going to be quicker in the long run.
0: Yeah, rather and, than and,
1: waiting on AAA or your tow truck exactly. provider to come get you. You know,
0: right? And the thing is, is like we got in late anyway. I think we got into the airport around midnight, so I didn't get home until you know like two, three o'clock in the morning. And the thing was, I. I was counting on MLK day off. Um, but we wound up having to go in for a little bit just cause you know, at, at my job, our inventory was crazy. So yeah, I logged in and I was, you know, just dead. I didn't attend <laughs> any calls. I just did a few things and then was out. Um, but yeah, no, the trip was fun. The return was a bit mad. <laughs> just yeah. be honest about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, not, not bad, not a bad week. Um, got some things going on this weekend we'll see how that all goes but yeah yeah just a just another week in 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 the uh, in the in the life nice well
1: glad you didn't you know have too many major issues with the airport I mean, it, yeah. it's it's always a toss-up you know it, it can be a fun experience I've had some pretty cool flights but i if it's, we've talked about this, if it's less than 10 hours, I'd prefer just driving personally. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. Oh, hey, let's talk about airplane snacks.
1: <laughs> no, they're, they're, they get worse every time I go.
0: They really do. So, so the flight out to Texas, they gave me like this, uh, as well, we got, we all got like this package of like, uh, I don't know. They were like graham crackery type of things. And I had a Coke and that was nice. And then the
1: tiniest Coke in the world, by the way.
0: No, it was a full. It was a can. It was a normal. Yeah, it was a normal can of Coke. Yeah, nice. Yep. I was in in Premier Plus, Premier Plus economy, not first class. Uh, (laughs) And I was telling you the thing is, is like in the plane we were, it was um, what was it, a a three twenty or something? I don't remember. It's not a huge plane, and first class was basically like four rows you know, of of two seats per row or, or, well, four seats per row technically. But, you know, it's like it didn't feel worth it. And I could have upgraded for right. like a hundred bucks. It was like, hey, well, it didn't wind up being worth it anyway. And I was already pretty close uh, to the front anyway, as it was. But, yeah, no. Uh, and then on the flight back, I got some pretzels. No peanuts, though.
1: <laughs> no, you don't tend to get that anymore. And usually you only get like one or two drinks unless <laughs> you pick for <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. And it was, it, it I, I know this is like not fascinating to a lot of people, but I don't really fly. I mean, I, I drive, I mean, it's what it is. Um, but you know, the, the first plane definitely had seen better days. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It, it seemed older, but they had way more amenities, but the plane I flew back in looked a lot newer, but it had less amenities. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a uh, internet access? Uh, well, you could, you you, you yeah. could, you had to buy it, but or you could watch like they, they did have movies and stuff, so you could yeah, use the internet yeah. for the movies and stuff if you wanted, but it, it wasn't a like free
1: selection. I think we had like forty or fifty movies. I ended up watching yeah. Wonder Woman eighty four, I think, when yeah. we went, but it no, was, I I, I it was, was listening to some audio books, kind of rough.
0: <laughs> yeah, I listened to audiobooks and like peeked over at the guy next to me on the flight two. Uh, he was watching the new James Bond movie, so I caught a few nice. pieces of that. Um, yeah, but unfortunately,
1: it, it, last time I went, I forgot to bring my headphones, so I actually uh, I looked <laughs> when we were at the airport, because obviously they're going to sell that in little, yeah. little kiosks and everything.
0: Yeah, so they have, like, little around. mini Apple stores. It's not Apple stores, but that's what they yeah, look like.
1: Essentially. Yeah. yeah, It's like, oh, yeah, everything's wireless. I'm not even going to ask the price of
0: this. It's probably $400 for this. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, It was kind of funny. So on the flight back, there was this lady who was on the phone basically darn near up until the point where we were, like, taking off. Like, we were speeding up to take off, and she's, like, talking and talking. It's, like, it it was just kind of weird because um, in the news, they had been talking about 5G towers, the, yeah. the airlines are trying to delay all these 5G towers because they're, they're saying it would interfere with, like, their radar or something like that because they use a <laughs> similar band. And I was like, you know, they say to turn your your crap on airplane mode when you're getting ready to take off. It's like, no, she's just yakking away on the phone. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then the headphone thing, uh, another friend of mine is is uh, heading down to uh, Tennessee to Nashville, and they're flying from Cleveland. And uh, she was freaking out, and she was like, Oh, I, I don't. I don't know where my headphones are. I don't know where. I Finally found them. It's like, dude, I took two pairs of wireless headphones <laughs> and one pair of wired headphones just in case. Right, in case the <laughs> batteries die or something. You know. Yeah, well, yeah. I had two pair. I I had one pair of of wireless and and the hardwired ones in my bag, my carry on, and then another pair in my uh in my check. You know, you never know. You never yeah. know what'll happen. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll say also. I don't know why, but for some reason. That was probably the worst experience I've had wearing a mask is the flight. Mm, it's because annoying. I don't know if it's just how confined you are and the way they circulate the air, but I felt like I was suffocating the entire time. And yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was pretty rough for me. And, but uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't, th- I didn't think it was too bad. bad. It, it is annoying for me. I just get like really hot. Yeah. The planes do get pretty warm. Well, yeah. I'm not just it's just my face. It's just because of the constant steam from my breath, yeah. you know. It just it yeah. feels hot on my face. Yeah. Um Yeah, I it, it is it is what it is, you know. That that's, you know, that's a that's a federal thing now, you know. So Sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh welcome to our political podcast where we <laughs> Joe Rogan you all to death. Uh, <laughs> uh well, no, well, because uh, we don't have an expert <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, podcast yeah, with us. Well, an approved expert, but anyway. So uh, yeah, anything else we want to go over before we dive into this uh, this show?
1: No, I think we're ready to jump in. We got about forty three ish minutes of total content, so we're back up finally
0: on this episode. Nice. Yeah, finally. <laughs> so uh, yeah, chapter four: the Gathering Storm, which was definite. What? No, it was Rising Storm. That was one of our uh, High Republic book titles. But not <laughs> not Gathering. It was already it had already gathered and it was rising. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Took 200 doesn't matter. Some odd years to finally rise, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, again, so yeah, chapter four. uh, I gotta say, man, just initially, this this is my favorite episode so far. Yeah, definitely my favorite episode so far. Yeah, it feels like they finally brought it around, and we were doing some talking beforehand, but our director Bryce Dallas Howard for this, uh, Mm -hmm. for this particular episode. So that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, Pretty much everything she does is,
1: uh, I'm kind of scared to say this in case she has another episode that tanks, but at gold for me, you know, I love her work. So
0: (laughs) yeah, no, she, she's, she's been great. She has been very, very great. Um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised because, like, for some reason, I got in my head. And, and look, we are the detail guys, but we don't always like deep dive in everything. I like I the actually whether or not Kenobi's alive at this <laughs> point, dude. <laughs> hey, we caught it. It's fine. Yeah. But my thing was is I uh, I for some reason had it in my head that that Robert Rodriguez was like the only person here. Like he was just doing it all. He was directing everything. I, and now that I think about it, it's like, no, that's silly. Of course that's not going to happen. But he has directed two episodes so far, one and three. Um, and now we have, we have Howard here, which, uh, you know, obviously good choice there. And I guess as far as uh, other initial thoughts, and get your initial thoughts too, I think for me this was finally the point where it's like, oh, well, yeah, this is a good flashback. This is just what should have been the flashback, period should
1: have been the first episode yeah. by far you know and and that's saying a lot because this is half of the episode is a flashback so it true. is true oh
0: and, and again deal. longer running episode two was it 48 minutes I think in total which is yeah. ridiculous because four minutes at the end was credits yeah yeah I was
1: expecting a after credit scene or something crazy yeah
0: we're, yeah we're we're when does
1: Iron Man show up? Yeah, come on, it's just same as Marvel now. I mean, we're yeah. metaverse or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, it was it was it just it just felt like this would have been a much better startup. And and again, I know that people like the Tuscan stuff. I don't care about that at all. And just just strictly speaking, for me, I feel like I feel like. Well, yeah, okay, you you know some of these fans. They really want everything explained, and there are things that we want explained, too. But I almost feel like you, you got to have a, a bit more delicate balance because I just don't care. But as soon as we hit this flashback, I was like, this is sick. This is all I wanted in a flashback, yeah, period. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, too. This episode was brutal. It was. It really just was. like Godfather 2. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and I mean, I know there's a lot of people who've wanted to know exactly what Boba did in that five, six-year span, whatever the timeline is. And it, we definitely got it. You know, obviously, he mm-hmm. spent most of that time with the Sand people, which we kind of, I mean, I personally kind of already expected that. I didn't think he did a whole lot of inc- crazy stuff. Right. But I, I am glad that they put a little more time into Phoenix uh, flashback. I thought that was the most important thing, just like you. And, yeah, I mean, I I think this episode was some of the best acting. It's very well done. Had some cool Easter eggs. You know, we finally find out that Tatooine has three
0: moons. It's great. You know, a lot of important stuff here. But uh, (laughs) It's actually kind of funny you touch on the acting because I'll tell you this. There are great actors, and then there are actors that need direction. And unfortunately, like with episode two, right? Episode two kind of made Natalie Portman look a little pedestrian. And the thing is, is we know that Natalie Portman is a great actress and she is a great actress. But everything in that, like between her and Hayden Christensen felt a little awkward. Mm -hmm. And granted, that might have been the point, but you can do awkward, but still have better acting. And And I thought that the acting in that was a little, a little meh. But Tamir Morrison's performance in this was, it was like spot on. Yeah, outstanding. At at every single point. And again, that's not a shot at Robert Rodriguez, but I just felt like maybe Bryce Dallas Howard brought out more in these people than than the other directors have.
1: And I feel like we've, you know, ran into the same thing with Mando and everything else that she's done. Mm -hmm. I really think Mm -hmm. that she just excels at that, you know. Her her story is always character-centered, I think, and I appreciate that, and I'm drawing a blank on the actress's name right now, but uh, Fennec is just flawless in this episode. I think she does amazing from start to finish, and uh, the way that they kind of bond pretty quickly, obviously, with the timeline we have for the flashback, it... It, it really is very organic, even though it's mm-hmm. kind of rushed in a way, you know, we didn't get a lot explaining why she chose to stick with him, but I felt like it was very realistic.
0: Ming not Ming Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she, she was great in here. And the thing is she, she's a great, she is, she is a really good actress mm-hmm. and the Phoenix Shan character I thought was, um, in the very beginning was not as interesting. Like when we first saw her in Mando. Yeah. And when we saw her again in Mando, it was like, it played such a, a an intense uh, tertiary character to Boba Fett. And that was like the big reveal. And then obviously like, you know, Din, you know, Mando. And that was also the episode where, you know, baby Yoda gets stolen. Yeah. So, she she's great, but she, it, well, and then even then, when we get more of her, she kind of got a little overshadowed by the other female actresses that were, you know, had the you know kind of badass shoe sting scene, you know, through the corridors mm-hmm. and whatnot. So it is good to see her highlighted more in this series. But yeah, again, sometimes you really just have to have a director that one hundred percent connects with the moment. And I just felt like the moment here was so much better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes you wonder what could have happened with the Tuscan scenes had she been the one running the show. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, you're dealing with characters that can't really communicate all that well. You know, you're only going based off subtitles. So yeah, it's hard to say how well they could have done, but I, I thought this was a nice uh, breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, essentially, we do open this. uh, Boba is scouting out Jabba's palace. At this point, uh, he has not uh, killed off Bib Fortuna. Um, But we do have this, you know, sort of uh, eh, brief-ish section where Boba brings Fennec to the mod shop. And, and it was kind of funny uh, because I was like, this guy looks familiar for some reason, the, the guy who's running the mod shop. And the guy's name is Steven Bruner, who goes by Thundercat, who is like a really amazing musician. I think he was, yeah, so Grammy winning uh, artist for his work on These Walls, which, you know, is like a Kendrick Lamar thing. So... And, and I was just like, I felt so dumb. It's like, yeah, of course I know who that guy is, you know, because yeah, that's what I do. I I find, I find musicians, and not everybody knows. <laughs> but I, I thought that was kind of cool to bring him in here. Um, and we kind of get a little bit of the modification of Fennec here as well. She basically, you know, her her uh, uh, robot guts,
1: yeah, <laughs> which is super. 80s, the way they put that all together, and I love it. I mean, well, everything yeah. in this scene is really cool. And it also lends to why Boba's not so quick to uh, side with the moisture farmer in mm-hmm. episode one. You know, why he has a bit of connection to these kids already. Uh, and it's all really colorful. I, I like everything about this scene. We get a little, uh, kind of almost like a nod to... Um, Doc ox little spine tap. Oh thing. yeah, I didn't think about with, that. With yeah. what he's doing, that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. That was a very interesting thing. There was also the the piece in here where like Boba was like, "Are you gonna cover it up?" It's like, yeah, and uh, or close it up. It's like, not over my beautiful, beautiful. machinery. No. Oh hell no. So I, that was that was kind of funny. Um, have no idea how she's alive, but whatever you know, sometimes you <laughs> Don't just got too much about it yeah suspend belief I guess. yeah
1: it, it's it's almost like they they put too much detail into how it all worked like when we get down to the point where he's like soldering the wires together and yeah. we have the fluid tubes and everything it's like okay this is all really fragile and she <laughs> could die if she landed wrong from a semi decent jump, so I don't want to think well, about this.
0: Well, that, I mean, that's the thing, not to not, I don't really want to talk about the comics, but our uh, our, our character in Bounty Hunters, um, Valance, you know, he's more machine than man. He's, he's yeah. had so much taken away from him, and we constantly see in the comics where he was, you know, having to be repaired after fights and stuff because it's not indestructible, you know? Right. It, in one one more sh- gut shot with a powerful rifle, I mean, who knows? Fennec might be completely fried at that point. I mean, you know, like a, a blast door, an installed blast door would have been good. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> that would make her more of a boss fight material if <laughs> oh she had God. that at
0: least. Three hits, man. Only three hits, you know, yep. and then, then you've defeated the boss. Now, I, I, I do think that... Um, that Boba's personality here was, was kind of interesting because we're getting into a little bit more of a motivation where he's starting to say, I would have left it all behind, just stayed with the sand people. But you know, he, I, he's basically taking responsibility for them being slaughtered. Uh, and then Fennec's like sand people getting taken out by biker gang like that. That shouldn't happen. Should it? You know? and I, like,
1: I like how they did that because the Sam people in the original trilogy were this big bad monster that no one could really face. so I kind of like how they portrayed them that way and, and also not to mention I mean he spent so many years with them. I like how he finally acknowledges how much it was you know a loss for him right because I mean they were basically his family, his tribe at that point.
0: Yeah, very true. I mean, he says that as well. Um, but essentially, moving forward in the episode, what we have is a fetch quest for his ship, yeah. which has now been renamed. What was the new name of the? What I it
1: was like Splashfire or something like that.
0: I closed that tab. I did too. Uh, it's it's not it's not the bad it's not the bad <laughs> name not the S <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, why am I having so much trouble finding this stupid ship name? I have fire spray, fire sp- splash, fire fire
1: spray. Same thing. Fire <laughs> spray. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's someone out there who's a lore fanatic who can explain why it's called that. And I know there's a backstory, <sighs> but it just seems so stupid.
0: No, I mean, look, I mean, sl- Slave One probably not a great ship name. Yeah, I get it. Um, but fire fire spray, I mean it shoots I, bombs. Really
1: cool bombs, but it it shoots bombs. It's not a right it's not the right
0: name for it. Yeah, maybe like if it. we think about it we could come up with a better better name. Um, um just call it that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be better than fire spray. Yeah, the the cool sound of his bomb yeah. going off. Heck yeah. Uh so anyway, they do infiltrate uh, Jabba's palace. Fennec sends one of her little uh, spy droid things, which, coincidentally, their whole deal is get the ship, my debt's paid, we can part ways, type of deal. That's that's yeah. kind of what we had here in the very beginning, which um, which obviously makes sense. And then uh, we sort of get the uh, the storming of of the the palace, yeah. which
1: coincidentally. Is Phoenix stock just like a bag of holding? What all else are we going to find in that stock? It holds a knife. It holds whatever those weird little bomb looking things were and that little droid. It's like, what else do you got in there?
0: Yeah, it has to do everything, you know? You got it's some a everything in there rifle. too? Or like, what's, <laughs> yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Pocket sand. Yep. <laughs> Pocket sand. So in the infiltration here, we go in through the, the kitchen. So we have this chef droid, multi arm chef droid, and then I don't remember the name of the droid, but we we kind of saw this this black-colored droid in in the original uh, trilogy, and he was kind of the I don't know what what would you want to call him, like the the guy who enslaved people <laughs> in the dungeon and put restraining bolts on R two and. Slave C-3-P-O. master, I
1: guess. I don't know. I'll <laughs>
0: teach you some respect.
1: <laughs> Which is funny. We keep bringing back every single droid from that scene. It's like, I we've well, hey, the, we've
0: got we're in Jabba's palace. Out with Boba. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. But all those droids blew up. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> the The chef droid was interesting. He started kind of doing his best General Grievous impression. Yeah, but this was, was definitely one of the parts when like you definitely get that more practical effects side. I mean, I think there's CG in there too, but the, the, the jerky movements and everything like we saw with the train droid. Yeah. Uh, but it, I don't know. I, I kind of liked it. We even get this little rat catching droid, which, (laughs) you know, again, has those, those kind of like almost 1980s, 1990s kind of quality movements. Mm. Um, again, I, I kind of appreciate that. I, it's, it's interesting because we've moved so far ahead of it, but I still think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I think
1: that, uh, they do a very good job of blending newer technology with these practical effects. I mean, you know, going back to like the train in episode two, not necessarily my favorite scene, but I thought the train was really cool. It's more practical or less practical effects, but, they're not scared to jump back in to that, you know, 80s vibe. And I do appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And this is also in the scene where you get a little bit of that, that boba humor, but it wasn't as cringy as like the the teaching the Tuscans how to ride. He's like, you <laughs> yeah. know, he, he's trying to capture this stupid rat catching droid. And uh, he's like, hey, where'd you go? I do you know who I am? I'm Boba Fett. <laughs> droid You're just turns around and I don't off. care. So I mean, but I thought the humor was was good. It wasn't over the top. Yeah. Um. So moving along here, we do get into the hangar and we see our ship, and we have a little bit of fighting here with some of the Gamorrean guards. Which coincidentally, when I was looking up the cast, one of them is uh, played, or you know, whatever played. We'll just say played by Frank Trigg, who was a UFC fighter. Um I don't know if he if he, is he is Frank Trigg in the Hall of Fame
1: I'm going to look yeah, that up real quick it, but I don't really watch UFC anymore so I don't Well know. <laughs> he's
0: he's he's a little older um ah. So yeah he fought in the UFC fought in Pride uh Okay he also did a, uh, TNA so it's like some professional wrestling <laughs> Um but yeah okay so Twenty-one wins, nine losses. So not not a not a terrible record there. I don't hmm. think he ever won a title. It doesn't look like he did. But anyway, it it doesn't it doesn't matter. He was he was still in there, still did his thing. So I, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, cast cast there. So that was pretty cool. Wonder if that's and, the same uh, Gamorian we have
1: in present day. <laughs> That'd be kind of a cool little cameo. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, maybe. I don't know. They Rose might have
1: maybe. died. I didn't really catch that, honestly. Yeah, Obviously, the one. I think the one survives. I'm not sure. He's, he, well, might be, uh, uh, he might be getting roasted on my screen right now. I don't know.
0: Oh, by the way, I was going to say this, too. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny how Phoenix slits that one chef droid's, like, little throat yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It just made me laugh a little bit. It's like you...
1: Just did what slice, to
0: it? You <laughs> sliced a str- Oh,
1: okay. Like did yeah, you cut yes. wires or did you just break the outer shell? Did you actually I mean, do anything?
0: Yeah, that's one way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Um, God, another comment I wanted to make about how like ships in, in Star Wars are kind of inferior to other ships in sci-fi <laughs> So, as Bob is trying to kind of take off, he complains about not being able to see. Yeah. (laughs) There's no sensors. There's like, there's no screens with sensors of other sections of the ship. It's just his viewport. I never really thought about that all that
1: much. It's the worst ship for that, too, considering how it's. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just funny. But yeah, yeah, I was was kind of paying attention to the the interior of this ship and not to get like super nerdy into my old career, but I, I can clearly see that some of the switches they use were the exact same generic black switch you would see in a lot of boats and campers. Well, that's
0: fun. Yeah. So, cool. It's
1: like you guys couldn't even make up your own switches and stuff where you just bought off boats.net or something. <laughs> that's well, cool. I mean that, that and, kind of, and, and the switch sense. that I'm referring to is the one that drops the bomb. <laughs> uh, oh, that's yeah.
0: That's an interesting call I wouldn't so, have really yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know that's that That's awesome. funny Now, uh, you know, another thing that they did here That I wanted to point it out Is some of the choreography with Phoenix' with uh, character She kind of does that little neck breaker move on I don't remember if it was a Gamorrean Or if it was on one of the other Kind of security guys here But I thought that was cool Kind of using a little bit more of the athleticism here uh, Instead yeah. of just, you know, punches and kicks So that's kind of neat I mean, she's supposed to be a master assassin. Yeah, so, and we br- bringing in. of saw that in,
1: uh, what was it, Rebels, where she had her fight with Bane? Or was that Clone? Oh, you Wars? mean Bad Batch? Bad Batch. It was Bad Batch. Yeah, Bad Batch. Batch. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yep, that's true. Of course, that was animated. But yeah. <laughs> right, right.
1: But honestly, I mean, compared to that, I mean, we get just as much flexibility. She, She's amazing at all the choreography she's given. And yeah, I, I think
0: it's really awesome and no like doubt. you said it is a brutal episode well yeah and then we get right into the brutality because effectively boba says i want to settle some scores and Phoenix like yeah i'll go along for the ride and then we immediately get into the godfather here because he he I love it I he love hunts it. down those bikers and just shoots them from the sky he kills yeah. all of them yeah it's and freaking awesome <laughs> and, and look I know it's brutal and everything, but that and and I don't need violence to make a show good. But like that is a piece of Ruth. And like the look on Boba Fett's face in here as he's doing it, like he is clearly wanting this revenge. And again, brutality aside, that's kind of something you have to. I mean, he shot a missile at one of them. He didn't even have to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wanted that guy
1: extra dead. But again, (laughs) it's Boba Fett. And I know we all want him to be this awesome anti-hero, but it's... Who? We it's, all? We all want that? Well, most people do. But again, <laughs> it's Boba Fett. Yep. I would entirely expect him to do something like this. <laughs> it is not Same. out of character, in my mind, for him to do this.
0: Not at all. And I I, I thought that was really good. And then we kind of get a re-confrontation with the Sarlac pit. Yeah, and I actually the thought weirdest, he was
1: like creeping motion for the ship to just kind of like
0: lay down and be like hi. Oh, it was into. yeah, th- it was interesting. Honestly, I thought he was just going to shoot it and, and just too. be like I hate that, but <laughs> apparently uh, and this this is one of the things that didn't make any sense to me. So he said he's coming back to look for his armor. But he had escaped the Sarlacc pit with his armor. And even if he didn't realize he had been stripped of his armor by the Jawas, it didn't make any sense to why it would go back in the Sarlacc pit. You'd have to be
1: pretty disorientated to not realize when you escaped that you had the armor on. And I suppose you could make the argument that he passed out so close to the pit that if he lost his armor, maybe they sure the Sarlacc would have grabbed
0: it. But why? You know, yeah, it, that just didn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, it's fine, but it didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. I would have been perfectly fine with him blowing it up. I think that would have been hilarious. Oh, I a... thought it would have been great. But then what we get here, like you said, is this slow creep in. He's putting his viewport like in the mouth. Yeah, he's like, it's gonna happen. I can't, I can't see a thing. It's like, well, no, no crap, man. Yeah. Turn some lights on. You were and down he, there. He,
1: you knew this. You had to he has for one, when woke up.
0: He has one on spotlight. Light. One really flaw in Star spotlight. Wars ships. Yeah. And, of course, what happens, the Sarlacc wakes up yeah. and, like, grabs the ship. And he's, like, trying to eat the ship. Um, and, by the way, this is,
1: like, the best use of the beak ever since it was added in. I know a lot of people don't like the beak of the Sarlacc, but I thought it was kind of cool in this situation.
0: No, I, I thought it was interesting. It was a little intriguing. So as the Sarlacc's trying, kind of trying to pull it in, um, you know, he has some alarms. He actually did turn on, like, a sensor, like a scanner yeah. or something, which was interesting. Didn't do anything. Um, but he wasn't able to uh, get away from the Sarlacc. And uh, Finnick presses the button. Don't, don't press my buttons. Um, which I thought, again, was a good use of humor. Yeah. But... She presses the button, which releases a bomb, which just kind of slowly slides off the pack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: and it is one of our, you know, epic concussion bombs from, yep. you know, Django days. So that was yep. really cool. Exact same sound effect and everything. I thought that was awesome.
0: It was really cool. And uh, Sarlacc's dead, man. Oh, yeah. They killed the Sarlacc. Yeah. Whew. Heavy. Because it's it's one of those things where it would continue to survive out there. Oh yeah, and yeah,
1: eventually someone would stumble by and it would feed again. You know, I mean, think of how they digest someone. They can survive a long time off of one person.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it was it was cool to it was cool to get the the explosion, the sound effect, and everything. And uh, yeah, the sarlacc gone. Uh, and then we do some repelling. Well, yeah. not really. We don't show the repelling, but we show <laughs> Boba coming back up, which. <laughs> right. Uh, why would you want to go down there again? Nah, eh, armor's important, I guess. But still. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, his armor's not there. He realizes this now. He's got more stomach juices on him. And then they start talking about the back to tank. <laughs> again, and, you know, for the first time here, it's like you're going to. Going to need some up, So that's sort of the whole whole problem that that we're kind of dealing with in the first three episodes. Now, when we're just chilling, eating some scurriers, we finally get the scene that should have been in here. And again, this is why I love this. Look, we saw Bib Fortuna get shot in The Mandalorian. I needed it in this show because I needed... I, I know it happened... I just wanted it to be in this episode and or in this series. And we got it. We got him shooting bib down, taking the throne. Phoenix got her blue, you know, blue drink. That was to me as much needed as anything else in this episode, because it establishes Boba's kind of brutality. It Mm -hmm. establishes his, you know, kind of rule here, so to speak in quotations and another thing this episode establishes is we shouldn't need this darn back-to-tank ever again.
1: Right. Yeah, at this point, I mean, the scars are gone, so realistically, we don't have to worry about these. Hopefully, we get away from the uh, the little nightmare scenes as well so. and everything, and maybe that'll become something important at one point, but I just don't see it culminating into anything important. Exactly. So, See, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're I think this is signaling the very end of all of our flashbacks, all of our little PTSD moments, the back to scenes. I think we're done unless he's injured and maybe that's a way to bring back more flashbacks if he's having to heal
0: again. But luckily, yeah. we're done. <laughs> no doubt. So then we shift focus back to present day and we've got old Black K sitting in the bar and wanting to murder Trandoshans. Yay! Yeah. Trandoshan on time. on Wookiee crime, it's great. <laughs> I love I I I love this character. I love BK so much. I I yeah. really just I want to see him more. He's just tossing around. I mean, because Trandoshans are they're strong. They're hunters. You know, they are they're they're not pushovers. But like BK is so OP that it's not even funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like we talked about before. Uh, the star of this episode, I really hope that he becomes a mainstay character. I mean, he would be yeah. the best sidekick, other than Finnick, that you could ask for.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. So the, the kind of finality of this fight, he's kind of holding up one of the Trandoshans, like getting ready to kill it, and then we have our our character, our Garsha Fwip, uh, played by Jennifer Beals or Bales, something like that. I don't say Beals. Uh, come through here trying to bargain with him and talking about his like his basically his arena his gladiator glad, uh, gladiator yeah <laughs> his gladiator experience and like he's a champion you don't have to do this it's beneath you you know how about I erase all of your debt and all that good stuff and he doesn't kill him
1: no he just does what Wookiees do
0: <laughs> yes the and establishment he only did it to one the established canon that all Wookiees must rip off an arm at least (laughs) in something (laughs) because even even Chewie did that in uh, Solo yeah and I thought it was appropriate I really did think it was appropriate for him if you're
1: gonna have Chewie do it then BK better do it I mean
0: he's much more brutal yeah it was only one arm. It wasn't both. So he's still yeah. got one arm and he it's his right arm. His survived. right arm's cool. He can still do a thing unless he's a lefty. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then BK pays his debts and walks out. And this is when uh, Boba Fett is kind of recruiting the Avengers.
1: Don't say that.
0: Avengers, assemble. <laughs> da na All Da-na-na.
1: we have is BK and Fennec show up like, <laughs> Hey, so you're Black Widow And you're Hulk Yeah, yeah you, you're Hulk, you're Hulk.
0: <laughs> Phoenix just like, can I just be like Captain Marvel or something? No, you you're don't have any superpowers powers. No superpowers <laughs> I'm like a master assassin Yes, just like Black Widow <laughs> uh, I got this black suit like, for you. <laughs> no, you You could just say Do you just want to be Chung Lee then? <laughs> Because Mignolain <laughs> played Chung Li in the uh, Street Fighter movie, right? Yeah, I'm correct on that, aren't I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, then we get a classic Godfather scene, where we have the 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 three families sitting around a table, enjoying drink in my house,
1: talking to the Don. <laughs> I mean, to, to... wait, what is he called? What's his the- title now? Daimyo? Daimyo, yeah.
0: (laughs) Almighty and powerful Daimyo. She's just going with Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) Kiss my ring. This, however, what was... It was an interesting conversation. Boba Fett is laying out the Pike Syndicate problem. Mm -hmm. And these other... And it is a
1: problem for everybody.
0: It is. But the families aren't really wanting to commit one way or the other, really. So... Bubba's proposal is, well, I'll take care of this. You guys just remain neutral. Don't interfere. Just remain neutral. And if I win, then you're, you have your territories. I'm not interested in them. You know, no tributes, no nothing. Just do your thing and I'll do my thing. And they all agree to that. But I would. the only thing I would have liked to have had here is like just him like slow turning around as he's putting on his mask. But if you betray me, <laughs> I will murder you all, <laughs> or there will be consequences. And then his rancor just comes up and grabs. I don't know, just grabs yeah, him. we did. We did get a little rancor, rancor claw though, coming up there to to what, freak everybody out. That was fun.
1: That affirms that you know we're throwing somebody from the pikes into the rancor pit. You know it's, it's happening.
0: I think it's Canada. Mayor. I think it's canon. It's, it's definitely Moochie down there. We're just gonna call him Moochie.
1: I want to be Moochie. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't know why he had a very minor role in one episode, but I
0: like Moochie. <laughs> yeah, we like to make connections here. So that's that's kind of where we're going uh, here. Is Boba is gonna effectively go alone, and we know, or we think we have, you know, BK. We should have Finnick. Hopefully on the side here, we Maybe might have
1: cyberpunk gang.
0: Yep. Right. We're right. Which we don't see in this episode, but we, yeah. we kind of have quoted in here. So we have that. The only other thing that I do want to point out here is that Boba says that he has plenty of credits.
1: Yes. The treasure wow. from, from the palace.
0: Is that, that what it is? Bit, the treasure from the palace.
1: Yeah, I would assume that he probably got tribute from these three families since Boba, you know, brings it up. Uh, so maybe he amassed it that way. Maybe it was through shakedowns and, you know.
0: Uh, I mean, did he make that much
1: from all the marketplace? I don't know.
0: It just it just seems like, you know, because effectively we have this whole thing about muscle. And he's like, I got plenty of credits. It's like, how? Did, did, was there plenty of credits in the palace? I mean, that seems a little bit odd to me, but okay. I could, I guess I could believe that. Um, did he like, did he steal a bunch from the empire when he was working for <laughs> Vader? You know, do we get that kind of thing? That'd be fun. Yeah. Um,
1: did he even so get payment for that? I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't so know, nice.
0: dude. So, I guess, guess Bib would have gotten it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll say this, though. I kind of like the fact that we don't have to worry about money. Because that's yeah. always like that's always a sticking point, isn't it?
1: Either money or fuel or something stupid oh, and irrelevant. Coaxium. Well, we shouldn't have to worry about coaxium. We're not going <laughs> <Better> off planet.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that, that's kind of cool. The only other thing I think we have to point out is that when we talk about, well, when Phoenix says effectively... What did she say? Like, I know where to find people or something like that. Uh, Muscle Muscle or whatever. Yeah. We get kind of the start of the Mando theme. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what, like, kind of where we're at timeline-wise. We haven't really established that yet. I mean, not really. So at this point, are we... One thing
1: that I saw online that establishes a bit of timeline is... Um, when he gets, I'm just going to call it it because I already forgot the name of it. When he gets, okay, when he gets his shit back, Uh he does supposedly take it to the same mechanic as Mando Uh. when he goes for the last time. So that kind of helps establish some timeline. Of course, it skips and Mando kind of make that a little difficult, but...
0: Well, I, th- uh, I thought he said he was going to do the repairs himself. Yeah, he did say that,
1: but I had, I had seen some articles that mentioned that, like tying mm-hmm. in the timeline, and maybe it was just mentioned in brief because it wasn't a scene. Um, yeah. But no, I, I guess the mechanic mentions that in Mando, and it's a little tie-in. Oh, like, interesting. Like that she, she's just coming from repairing
0: that ship. Oh, okay. Well, the the only thing that I would say is that, like, we, we know the year that's not a big problem, but I'm just wondering about specific events. Right. Um, has he already met Mando or was the whole reason why he kind of like met Mando more of a setup for his own scheme? Um, we, we both have kind of speculated about what the next season of Mando is going to be about. I kind of think it's more like I, or at least I sort of hope it's more like retaking Mandalore, you know, maybe like settling this sort of beef between um, between uh, Bo Katan and 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 Mando and Dinjar mm-hmm. and and maybe trying to reestablish and maybe the muscle that they're going to look for is, are Mandalorians surviving Mandalorians.
1: Yeah, that and would realistically, be I mean, depending on the timeline, Mando would actually be free to be a part of that. Now, whether or not you would bring Mando himself in, yeah, uh, would it be cool? Yes, I'd love to see Din again in another show, but. Is it too much tie-in? Is it going to overshadow everything Boba's doing? I think it would.
0: Well, see, I don't I don't think they're going to do a tie-in. I don't think they're going to be- bring Mando in at all because that would take away from the Mandalorian series. Like, that wouldn't yeah. make any sense to do that crossover necessarily. But it was just interesting that they played that music because that's, it's Mando's music. You know, maybe we're going right. to get, what was it, Cosca Reeves and old... Dick Wolf. That's not his name. That's, that's a producer (laughs) that I always giggle at his name, but what was, what was the other guy? It was like (laughs) Wolf something, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I I guess it could be, I guess it could be anything at this point. It could be about anything. Yeah. Um, I
1: think we have finally locked into a point where we won't have certain crossovers, which I'm personally happy about. There's, you know, been a lot of people talking about even like a a reveal of Mace Windu still being alive and no. him going after him in a revenge tale or something like that. So, nope, nope, nope. I, I am perfectly fine with having no crossovers personally. I think it's getting to the point where the show can stand
0: on its own. I think so. I think this was a very, very strong episode. It's finally made me excited for the series. I'm not going to lie. It has finally made me excited to to watch this series. And it was, it was as, as I think it's as good as good an episode as this series could possibly do. This is like getting into like actual Mando level quality, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Along with. You know, I mean, some of the best acting we've seen. We get some good brutality, some good action. Yeah. Uh, a lot of setup. More setup than we've seen throughout the entire season so far combined before this point.
0: <laughs> yep. hundred percent. So, uh, yeah. Anything else we need to talk about in the episode? No, I think we're kind of ready to get on to ratings. All right, dude. We'll drop it. What's your, what's your rating and, and why? So, out, of, out of ten. We always do out of ten. I am going to
1: go a little high on this. And put myself in a
0: corner, but I'm actually
1: going to go with an 8.7. Ooh. I thought this was a very, very excellent episode. I loved all the acting. Uh, the flashback was perfect. And the fact that I can say that, even though it took up half the episode, is saying a lot. I absolutely adore the fact that BK's is back. Um, I, I want to see more of BK. I know mm-hmm. we don't. He's not maybe one of the most interesting characters. He's kind of one-dimensional in a way, but I just love that he could be a part of this battle. Um, Yeah, and the setup is just, like I said, the potential for next week. I'm extremely excited for the first time to watch a show. I'm actually yep. looking forward
0: to next week. Yep, 100%, man. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that opinion. So, yeah, uh, it, like I said, it was it it was as good a good of an episode as you could possibly get. The acting was spot on I think uh Bryce Dallas Howard did a did an amazing job of uh just directing people and letting their natural talent come out uh you know we've said this before like Tamir Morrison is great, but let's not act like you know he's been a leading man in Hollywood he's he's not mm-hmm. first on the call sheet and that's not throwing any shade at him it's just a reality um but he he was able to show his chops here uh without being you know having some of the cringy stuff going on too because like seriously i would love to meet this guy in person because like i feel like he would kind of be a goofy sort of playful kind of dude yeah and i and I, i mean there was um there was uh you know, like behind the scenes stuff for Mando when he, he shows up and he like, he wears like a Dave Filoni hat and he's, you know, he's going nuts and doing, doing funny stuff. So like, I, I, I think that you have to temper some of his, his personality, or at least my perception of his personality in this character, but also make sure to not forget that this is, this is a serious character. Mm -hmm. Um, and and like we said, the, the flashback was all I needed from the flashbacks in this one episode. I didn't need the rest of the stuff, not at all. I loved the flashback. I liked uh, I I liked even a little bit of the Finnick Shan stuff there in the very beginning. Um, I like that they're giving her more deadly choreography. I like the brutality of it. I liked him sort of taking over things. Sarlacc thing was a little bit interesting maybe not the smartest thing, but you know, okay. So the, the Sarlax dead. That's, and that's a big thing too. You're, you're killing off what would, I mean, it's not like, again, it's not like the major character, but it's still a character that we've all, we've all thought about for, for years, years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what did you say? Eight, seven? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I am going to trege just a little bit higher because I was so entertained by this. It's one that I would actually watch again And like you said, I think it definitely makes me a a lot more excited for it. I don't necessarily know if I can roll into nines, though. That might Mm -hmm. be a little bit high for me. So I'm just going to push it up just a wee bit to an 8.9 and be done with it. I was very happy with the episode. It felt like what I wanted this year. And again, it's not about what I want, but it felt like the series that we were supposed to get in one episode. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's worth the high ratings, I think. And I hope that uh, the ratings reflect that down the line mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. until next week. You know, obviously it takes a few days for those to really balance out and whatnot. Well, oh, and, but they and, but they are pretty decent. Uh, we haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, what were the ratings?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for this episode, let me just refresh the page just to make sure. Oh, it dropped a little bit. Oh, no. Uh, so when we first started recording, it was at a solid eight... It just dropped down a little bit to an 8.9. So just on the scales here, um so 25.5% was at a 10, 19.4 at a 9 and 28.8% at an 8, uh 15% at 7 and then it did receive a couple of, you know, less than happy scores. 1.6% or about 40 votes for a 1 out of uh, out of 10. And this is just IMDB stuff here. Uh cuz Usually this garners a lot of votes, about 2,500 uh, votes there on the IMDb page. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like this one, a 4 out of 10. 95% filler was their tagline. Oh, uh, well, here's the person who gave it a 6, and their tagline is, It was Slave 1, and it will forever be Slave 1. It's not a reason to give a bad score. <laughs> yeah, I think people get in their feelings. Uh, this was a 5 out of 10. Feels like a low-budget 70s Saturday afternoon sci-fi. <laughs> I only laugh at that because we talked about the practical effects. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, dude, that was a practical effect. That's fine. Um, one other thing I did want to point out here, we talked about it a little earlier. I'm just going to refresh this page as Wiz-El, uh so that we can um, get the most... Current, there we go. So, Rotten Tomatoes. I think Rotten Tomatoes can be an interesting barometer of things. It's not necessarily what I would call accurate all the time, but it is interesting to look at. So right now, The Book of Boba Fett, just in its entirety as it sits, 83% for the critic score, 62% for the audience score, which I I thought was a bit surprising.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean like I said, hopefully it'll balance out in the next few days, but that's shockingly low.
0: It seemed a little low. I mean, I, I, I granted, I know that we flamed the first two episodes, gave the third episode, a good score, obviously gave the best score of the series to, to episode four here. Um, and I, I hope that it only goes up, but yeah, that was kind of interesting on the audience side. Usually, but you know what? That does happen. When the critics are a little high, sometimes the audience is a little low. Critics are low. Sometimes the audience is high. It, it, Rotten Tomatoes is a weird site. I don't actually think it's a good critical site anymore. Yeah, it rarely
1: uh, matches with every other critic site that I've no seen.
0: It's, it's always very strange. the odd child out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, folks, that was, that was Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 4. Anything else you need to talk about? Or are we getting ready to head on out?
1: No, I think we're good. But, uh, yeah, just again, wanted to try and be as positive as possible after last week. It's nice to finally be excited for the upcoming episode. Yep. And we are nearing the end. We're past the halfway mark. And I was thinking about, before I watch the episode, what I was going to say about uh, what how I feel about the show so far after watching half of it. And I'm really mm-hmm. not into going over that, but this episode has made me very hopeful for how it'll end.
0: Yep. Same here, man. Same here. So folks, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, we'd love to hear what you thought of the episode. Uh, obviously, you know, you can find us on the social media, Twitter at TC plan podcast. Um, <laughs> we haven't really talked about this a long time ago. We hit that 300 like follower thing there. And then it buttoned back down like 292, you know, cause like, I have no idea how Twitter works. We're getting back up there. We're, we're, we're within five of 300 again. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch what we say. Well, that's <laughs> funny. We've actually had quite a few new, new followers this week. It, it was, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, find us on Twitter at TC plan podcast. We're on Facebook too. We don't do much there, but Twitter's not, act, it's whatever. It's where I post stuff. Um, but if you'd also like to do a little bit more long form, you know, just give us your rating tell us what you thought about the, the episode, uh, tcplanpodcast@gmail.com TC gmail.com is our email. Love to hear from you. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. So y'all have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you.